government-mandated podcast is made possible by an order from the federal government. A vast supply of mentholated cough drops made of real coughs. And listeners like you. Welcome, electorate, <laughs> to the election day week episode of Government Mandated Podcast. Yeah, that is correct. We are the election day week episode. Yeah. Uh, so this week, I thought it was super important to address uh, the political goings-ons of the United States of America. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to this episode the day that it drops, or at least on or before Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, election day. Uh, and you have not already decided who you're going to vote for, mm-hmm. and you haven't cast a pre uh, an early ballot, and you get your advice on who you should vote for from extremely uh, obscure, a- extremely I- popular, <laughs> well known, <laughs> beloved podcasts, <laughs> then you have tuned into the correct episode because today we're going to break it down for you. Oh, we're okay. gonna we're gonna measure the pros uh, and the policies of each candidate so that you can know exactly who to stamp with a big like check that's not how, that's day. not what you do don't you you, you, no. you walk up to them and you just rubber stamp them you get a you get a stamp from the uh, from the poll workers no here in our polling place we just fill in a little bubble like it's a like it's a standardized test <laughs> Yeah, bu- bubbles are good, but they lack the sort of visceral realness of a rubber stamp, I think. Okay, so you're going to bring a rubber stamp that's the exact size of the little oval you need to fill in. And yeah. just go like, thunk, 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 no, down chick, the sheet. Chick. That's my sound effect. Oh, it's a, it's a self-inking stamp. Yeah, yeah, it's got it all built in. Okay. But uh, so, yes, we're going to start Fancy off stamp. here, I think, at the top of the, <laughs> at the, top of the show here. And... Uh, We'll start with some of the lesser-known candidates. I want to go ahead and start, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Gary Johnson. Now, Gary Johnson, okay, uh, as you and I both know, uh, finances his campaign through his vast biscuit gravy fortune. <laughs> what office is he running for, though? I forget. Uh, he's running for president of, mm, I think, just the Western United States. Just the West. Yeah, yeah. He's going to split seize it with like uh, Master Blaster, I think. Master Blaster. Yeah, Master Blaster <laughs> runs Bartertown. I thought you knew oh, that. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Who who run Bartertown? Yeah. I guess that's Master Gary Blaster. Johnson run Bartertown. Oh. But uh, yes, his vast uh, biscuit gravy fortunes have allowed him to uh, really run roughshod. <laughs> and I think that's why we need a little bit of campaign finance reform. Yeah, I agree with that for, for sure. I am tired of these corporations as people out there getting married to each other out there making little corporate babies yeah, it's disgusting and then frankly. like refusing to take care of those babies and then i have to spend my hard-earned tax dollars taking care, taking of, these care of these corporate, corporate babies. babies yeah that's a little too real to home <laughs> feeding them their corporate strained peas and then watching them as they grow into stage three of baby uh, corporate baby foods and then feeding them a little miniature corporate baby hot dogs miniature corporate baby hot dogs yeah 
But yes, uh, I think the other thing that we should all note about Gary Johnson mm-hmm. is uh, his that, last name means penis. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but when I hear Johnson, like I hear serious hog. Like there's no, there's no like, oh, I, that guy over there, he's got a, a medium sized Johnson. Yeah. No, no, he, you don't say Johnson about a, a medium sized penis. Yeah, if you've got a Johnson, it's weighty. <laughs> weighty. Yeah. yeah, it's going to throw <laughs> off your balance. Your center of gravity is just fucked. <laughs> right, right. If you go to Mars and you try to do some John Carter shit. And yeah, try to, yeah. You know, your weighty You'll be dick weighted is, down by your gigantic Johnson. Yep, your Johnson's just going to. Which re- I'm pretty sure was a t-shirt line in the 90s. Gigantic Johnson. <laughs> Moderately sized Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I think they all had like Confederate flags, but then said like beneath it was like, it's about heritage, not hate. <laughs> Um, but yes, Gary Johnson, uh, his main policy that I wanted to touch on today is, uh, that he's a uh, very libertarian. Like uh-huh. he believes that, uh, we Biscuit should gravy. He we would sh- be, mm-hmm, we should do away with, uh, any, any safety net programs. And, uh, in that regard, he has said that any of your buildings that catch on fire, fuck you, buddy. Fuck it's you. up to you. Put out yeah. your own fires, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to take care of that shit on your own. There's no, I mean, yes, if your building catches on fire and you can't put it out, then everyone else's buildings are going to catch on fire. But that's their problem for having built their buildings next to your building. Really? If yeah. you think about it. Absolutely. They should have known better. <laughs> they should have known that your building would eventually catch on fire. And so they should have built all buildings uh, the proper fire break distance from one another. Yeah, they weren't to code, and that's really their fault for not being to code. But by the way, we did away with the codes because they weren't, you know. Right, that's true. I properly mean, democratic. <laughs> How can I hire my sleaze bag brother-in-law contractor if I have to be having everything up to code all the time? <laughs> you know, he can't get anything up to code. He's an idiot. Yeah. But he's family, so I have to give him a job. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're fine tax dollars and nepotism at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to linger on Gary Johnson too much because we got some more candidates to hit. So I want to move on to Jill Stein. Can we okay. move on to oh. Jill Stein? Okay. Uh, I want to note two important things about Jill Stein that might influence your vote out there on Super Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh, one, her running mate is legitimately named... Baraka, that's his last name. <laughs> now, if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, in right. particular Mortal Kombat 2, you'll know Baraka's broken. Baraka's very good. Uh-huh. Like, oh, don't, don't we want someone very good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, it seems like an easy vote to go out there and just throw your vote at Stein because Baraka's on our team. And we... He's a we game would, changer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, he's OP. You're going to win that match. You have to get with your friends and say, nobody's allowed to be Baraka. No one's allowed to vote for Jill Stein. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else wrong with her, I guess. Um, Well, I don't know. There is one small thing. One small thing? Yeah, there's one small thing that I, that I should know about Jill Stein. Okay. Which is, she has said, uh, she's on record as saying, not only is she anti-vaccination but she's actually going to break into your homes and take all the vaccinations away from your children 
I don't keep the vaccinations in my home, RJ. This is no, a poorly thought out plan on Jill Stein's part. They're in your children. She's got a method to take the vaccin- vaccination. Is she a vampire? Out, out of your children. So she's going to suck their blood like a vampire. Listen, I don't know all her methods. I don't know all her methods. <laughs> I just know that she says she's going to get it done. And she says it's magic. So if she says she can Vampires do something. Vampires are magical. <laughs> They uh, certainly aren't scientific, Dr. Jill Stein. Friendship is also magic. <laughs> but yes, she's she said that she's not only going to take all the vaccination from all your children, mm-hmm. uh, but then she's also going to give all your children polio. What? Why? Yeah. She's now, in the why pocket of that? big polio. Big polio. <laughs> the same cartel that brought down FBI. FBI what, what's his name? FDR. <laughs> I remember when that we elected a good joke FBI to president. <laughs> That's um, I just I think it's dangerous for us to put somebody else in office, uh-huh. much like Gary Johnson, who's in the pocket of big gravy, <laughs> to put somebody in the in in the office in the most powerful office of the land, who's um, in the pocket of big polio. I I think that's fair. I don't know which one is more dangerous. Do you know which? Which was more dangerous? Do you have a preference between those two, at least? Oh, man. Well, I certainly don't like sick children. I also don't like um, big gravy. That sounds, you know, scalding and dangerous. Maybe that's what's making all those children sick. Ooh, maybe they're in it together. You think? Yeah. They're, They're a tag team? Yeah, they're a tag team. They're trying to get, you know, distract from the real issues by going back and forth and back and forth. So nobody's really asking the tough questions. Well, I think then maybe you should or shouldn't vote for them. Your yeah. call. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead now and move on to uh, the bigger candidates. Uh-huh. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about Hill Dog a little bit. Here. Hill Dog. Yeah, let's move on to Hill Dog. You might know uh, Miss Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> I think I'm saying that right. Um I think you might know her most from her hashtag, hashtag, I'm with war. (laughs) But other than that, I can't really think of anything that she's famous for. I mean, she does have some lovely uh, Star Trek uniforms that she wears. That's true. She does look like she's an officer about to negotiate a, a, a ceasefire. A or, or sorry, rather a ceasefire. Don't yeah. be, don't be crazy, RJ. An unconditional surrender of yes. her enemies. <laughs> Isn't one just code for the other? Um, <laughs> no shade, though. She, she, I do love her like weird like Mandarin collar pantsuits that she wears all the time. See, I like I like the pantsuits, but not as much as I like her long, elegant nails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she's wearing the Mandarin-style pantsuit. She's also got the Mandarin-style nails. Oh, okay. She's got the yes. crazy long nails that actually curl around at the tip. You never see shots of her with her hands as well. You just see no, headshots. It's a, it's a conspiracy. RJ, does she have the rings of the Mandarin? I, I can only assume so. And <laughs> that means she's not on good terms with Tony Stark, which no. I don't know if that makes me want to vote for her more or less. I mean, Tony Stark, he is a noted... Uh, piece of dick. Yeah, he's a noted uh, philanderer and alcoholic. That's right. I see you out there, Tony. I see what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, 
I don't know. I don't know where I sit on that. Yeah. But, uh, I will say this, though, and that is much like Mandarin government society, um, you know, nepotism is running rampant through that system. Well, yeah. That's something you got to be very, very careful about. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that all shakes out because, you know, she's not known for for not being a politician. Yeah. Um, I will say one good thing for her is that if she gets elected to office, she will be the first ever president that is a Clinton. Um, I don't think that's true, actually. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that's not true. I'm, I'm going to check Wikipedia right now. <laughs> checking, checking, actually touching my phone, checking. Wait, wait, there was another President Clinton before this what right but he was mr president clinton she'll be madam president clinton do you see the difference no thank you i'm i'm a good ally thank you thank you i don't see the difference okay well uh i think right now we should go ahead and move on uh from the topic of political candidates running for office wait um is there anybody else running president no there isn't Um, anyone else running for president it's those three people those are the only three people you can vote for oh yeah absolutely Um, that's it nobody else nobody else nobody else nobody else should you should yeah if you see anyone else's name on there don't ignore you it's a prank disregard somebody's trolling you (laughs) those are the only three (laughs) options and and i'll be honest they're not great but uh but yeah such a bad fucking year <laughs> but that's uh that's the only three options so i think we should move on and i should ask you ran why are we doing this podcast this week well in this terrible terrible election year gmp is the only thing being produced by the american government that you can truly believe in if you can't vote for a real human person perhaps you can vote for gmp <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Just go ahead and uh, when you step up to the ballot box, just go ahead and write us in. Not for president. We're not, no. you know. I was thinking county clerk. Oh, county clerk. S- secretary. Uh, it, basically, <laughs> write in GMP for any position where there's only one person running unopposed. Yeah. Just write in GMP. Yeah. Just give that person a bit of the business. Yeah, that's a real protest vote. They'll <laughs> totally know where you're coming from. <laughs> Well, electorate, that means that this is episode 29 of Government Mandated Podcast. Government Mandated Podcast is a podcast being made to avoid jail time and so that we can claw ourselves up through the political ranks. Mm -hmm. Getting a little dirt on ourselves along the way, to be sure. But still, our intentions are pure. Yep. Until we get to the top, in which by that time we'll have been completely corrupted by the system that we set out to clean up in the first place (laughs) oh yeah we're gonna bomb the world (laughs) and by the world i mean mars watch out gary johnson (laughs) and your attempts at your hopping around giant Uh, dick (laughs) uh so um rj what haven't you been telling me this week uh well ran in the category of uh i've been watching tv without you again how very dare you Yes, and that's my version of uh, I read something. (laughs) 
No, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah. I, I read stuff in the morning and then you're like, I watched this British sitcom. Yeah, I watched a dumb thing that's not as smart <laughs> as the thing that you read. <laughs> but uh yeah, I watched a few things without you. Uh uh I wanted to uh, take a moment to note a couple of them. All right. Uh one of them I watched is uh a movie released in 2015 which until very recently was the top grossing film in Chinese cinema history. Wow. Yeah, a movie called Monster Hunt. Have you heard Monster of this movie? Monster Hunt. Is it about Pokemon? Uh it might as well be. <laughs> There were no wrestle cats, so I was a little Aww. bit I was a little bit disappointed. That wrestle cat though. RJ yeah. loves that wrestle oh, cat. Oh, you bet I do. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be rocking two championships belts. Championships belts. Yeah. The one that's built into his uh his basic <laughs> poke build and then another one that he gets for being league champion because, you know Oh shit. He's the very best, like no wrestle cat ever was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Monster Hunt is the top grossing, until very recently, uh, Chinese film of all time. Uh, it pulled in over $385 million. Wow. Uh, in, in the Chinese market. Do you know okay. how much, do you know how much it pulled in in the America market? Um, Offhand? Off the top of your head? $10. Um, you underestimate them, but only slightly. <laughs> It pulled in thirty two thousand. Ouch! Uh, on the American market, I take it it's not a movie that Americans are super into. Then, well, I I think unlike, say, when we port a movie over to uh, other countries, mm-hmm. we're Americans. We don't we don't want to read when we go to our movies. That's true. Americans do hate to read. If I know anything about them, clearly I hate to read. With my reading you articles like every <laughs> fucking week, I I only read uh, when you advise me what to read based on your incredible. Uh, <laughs> I do sometimes go. I think you'd like this, but you don't. I mean, you'll read an article, but not a book. Well, how many? You wouldn't even listen to a book. How many of those books are about sexy werewolves and vampires, and <laughs> they're saving the president <laughs> from? You know more than you'd think. I've come across at least two vampire president <laughs> books, just to be fair. Is in one of them is the is the president actually a vampire? Oh no, neither of them has the president himself as a vampire. Racist, to my knowledge. Fucking racist ass books. <laughs> but yeah, I watched Monster Hunt. It's um it's a really cool movie if you're way into the idea of uh a dude giving birth in a movie like oh yes yeah if you want to if you're way into those pictures of goku on the internet with like a big pregnant belly wait what oh that's a thing look it up i'm not making this up okay so wait hold on goku who is a boy yeah of the dragon ball z fame right dragon ball z um (laughs) has a giant pregnant belly yes okay Okay. If you want to have a good old Sunday afternoon, just go sit down and just Google Goku pregnant. So is that a thing across all animes? Do they have like um, Bash the Stampede with a giant belly for pregnancy? Yeah. Uh, And that belly is full of like donut babies. (laughs) But yeah, so in this movie, dude gives birth to like a little weird radish baby. 
Okay. Rat radish monster baby. All right. Wait, where does the baby um exit the body from? You know, they don't go into too much detail. <laughs> Maybe about that's it. for the best. <laughs> I mean, he he spreads his legs in the way that you would expect oh a pregnant God, woman so to. He just must like poop that baby out. I guess. And I mean, unless he's got a secret <laughs> vagina. <laughs> An old girl who's uh, uh, there assisting him in the birth is is holding a pair of scissors and asks him if he wants him to snip before or after the baby starts coming out. Wait. I don't know if that's an episteotomy thing or just like, uh, hey, get rid of all this extra stuff down here kind of thing. Either way. Oof. Oof. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. So... He's being assisted through this um, labor by who you've titled Old Girl. So we'll continue to... Is she the only female in the movie? No, no. There's actually several. Uh, although I will say every single woman in this movie is like, oh man, so belligerent. <laughs> like every woman in this movie is is either a villainess who wants to chop up and eat the monsters. Uh-huh. Uh, a woman who's like, you're stupid and dumb main character. Why well, are you so stupid and dumb and lazy? <laughs> you're the worst. Now He's fall just in, sitting around Now fall in love radish, with me baby. already. <laughs> That's some effed up shit, man. It's the, uh, until recently, the all-time highest grossing movie in Chinese cinema history. A dude gives birth in that movie. And American audiences didn't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> but just as important, I wanted to move on to the second thing okay. that I watched without you. <laughs> okay. Which I think you'll be more okay with me watching. And that is, I did a little bit of reconnaissance. Reconnaissance? Yes. On? On our well-known enemy. Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. <laughs> Recently, he launched a Netflix special. Joe Rogan triggered, and I'll tell you, it triggered me. Did it really, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, and he didn't once, not once, mention our rivalry with him. <laughs> with his incredible podcast and our incredible well-known podcast <laughs> as head-to-head -head enemies. Okay, wow. That's a, that's a real fucking... Slight. He's he's slighted us. I was trying to think of the word slighted, but I was coming up with sloat. He really sloat us. <laughs> nope. Slighted. Is that like a smite and you have to that's, like that's... change it? He's he's <laughs> he's smoted. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I don't believe that's correct Slight English. Slighted. I think I don't believe that's proper English. But we can make it a thing if you want. It's a thing now. That guy he he really sloat me. <laughs> Yeah, he was mentioning all the best-looking dudes in the room, and he didn't even mention me. He really slowed me. <laughs> fucking Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Well, he thinks he's so fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even bothered by, like, the, 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 the fairly transphobic material that he, that he touched on. Mm. It wasn't so much that. Just him not mentioning our <laughs> rivalry. That... He was also very sweaty. That triggered me a little bit, too. Very sweaty, man. I mean, I could see that because... Nobody wants to see a sweaty dude. You you, you don't want to see me when I'm sweaty? <laughs> should, should I just become invisible while I'm sweaty? Um, I mean, okay, listen. Sweaty dudes are probably at their least attractive. 
I think my those personal fi- feelings. I, perhaps. I think those firemen calendars speak <laughs> otherwise. That's a that's a d- decorous uh, application of sweat. Okay, for a fireman calendar. You're saying that's not the real deal. I'm saying when a dude is sweaty, he look he like he'll look like his hair is all plastered to his head, and it makes his head look weird, and. He'll have gross clothes on with sweat stains on it. You know, like they'll have that patch in the back where it's all sweaty and you can see through that back that back sweat patch. So you're saying, if I'm understanding you right, uh-huh. and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're saying <laughs> that you like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord and not Chris Pratt as Andy from Parks and Rec. I'm not putting words in your mouth, though. Um, actually, no. I prefer an, an uh, a Parks and Rec, uh, Chris Pratt. Um, I mean, yeah, he's in good shape for for Star Lord, and it is fun to say Star Lord. Um, <laughs> but I like the charm of an Andy Dwyer. So the, you like the a... stupid, stupid buffoon charm of an Andy Dwyer. You like a couch uh, bound man. <laughs> Eating pizza with a broken leg, who's probably worn the same shirt for several days. Sounds like you like a sweaty guy to me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, well, I think I shouldn't badger you too much about this. I do want to move on and ask you, what haven't you been telling me, Ryan? Well, I told you a cute anecdote last week. And uh, this week I'm going to tell you another cute anecdote. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It just a cute thing happened and... I almost texted you, and then I was like, "Na na 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 na, save it for the cast." <laughs> Were your knees okay? <laughs> yes, my knees are fine. What about so- your na 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 knees? <laughs> anyway, so Zizi and I got back from morning walk, and I feed her after morning walk, and then I'll hop in the shower. That's the routine. So I had I had given Zizi her breakfast. And then, as I was getting ready to take a shower, she came over to the bathroom where I was getting ready, and she whimpered at the door. So (laughs) I came out, and I was like, what's going on? Are you all right? She then walked over to her food bowl, where she'd just finished her breakfast, and then she sat down in front of me, locked eyes with me, looked at her food bowl, and then looked back at me. (laughs) Oh, you think think that breakfast computes? Uh... I do believe I ordered the uh, extra large uh, big boy platter. This is a regular big boy platter. Yeah. This is the first time she's tried to trick me into giving her a second breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sneaky, Zizi. (laughs) Pretty sneaky. So uh, is this the sort of thing where would you do it, but then there's also just an upsize charge? For doggy breakfast? Well, okay. I would have given her more breakfast, but I'm worried about her getting too much of the weight because, you know, the vet said last time she was there that she was, you know, getting a little on the chunky side. That And for a while, everyone was coming to our house and saying that our dog was fat. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That is super mean, by the way, every visitor we've ever had. Like, the second you walk into somebody's house, the first thing you shouldn't do is to comment on the weight of one of the members of that house. Oh, hello. How are you today? 
Oh, good. How was your trip? Fine. By the way, your dog is fat. I mean, people will do that with babies. I don't know if you've noticed. People will go, that guy's he's a real chunker, you know? But that's adorable. <laughs> you, and you babies know don't it, care. Yeah, babies don't care. And, uh, well, yeah, unlike dogs, which have <laughs> very sensitive egos. But not only that, but a baby, you assume that a baby's going to lose. Baby right, fat. right. Babies are, you know, by nature, chunky. Um, little chubaroos. Little, little cherubic, little fleshy, little human beings in training. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You got to get you one of those <laughs> pillowy little dumpling babies. Oh, that sounds adorable. A pillowy dumpling baby. Mm-hmm. They're filled with uh, seasoned <laughs> pork, I believe. Oh, the best kind. Well, Rayan, that is a very cute little story that you hadn't told me. Uh-huh. And uh, again, I'm very glad you did. Cause <laughs> I think that's the pick-me-up we all needed during this oh, dismal, yeah. dismal election cycle. And with that, I think we will take a commercial break. And when you come back, you'll have a game for us to play. Maybe a political game. You are elegant and classy. You wear cufflinks and drink whiskey from the proper glass. You deserve a car that showcases your exquisite taste. May I present to you the all-new 2017 Flontronics R1C1-1. Sleek lines like a starship. An all-leather interior made of leather specifically grown in our labs to cover the frame of your seat. No unsightly stitching. Your prospective conquests will be impressed by its buttery smoothness. Using the future of self-driving technology, you don't even have to drive to your destination. Just lay your seat back and the R1C1-1 will whisk you to where you want to go. But we know that you're a take-charge kind of guy and you want to open this baby up and see what she's got. The R1C1-1 performs best in its class on all conventional roads, accelerating with the lightest pressure and stopping without effort on even the iciest roads. But where the R1C1-1 really excels is in achieving low Earth orbit. Select the proper icon from the black glass touch display inset into the all wood and leather console, and you're off into the sky where you belong in the rarefied air. The R1C1-1 is an elite vehicle, and you are an elite individual when you own one. Visit a Flontronics dealer now and get signed up for an all-life payment plan. Hey, welcome back from those commercials. You survived them. Good job. <laughs> that means you get a promotion. Mm-hmm. The commercials, commercials, the commercials are life-threatening. So every time you survive one, it means somebody else died. Yep, and but that's okay. They they were meant to die. <laughs> Their they name t- had come up on the list. <laughs> they were tanking for you, and you guys didn't have a healer, so <laughs> it's only natural. Somebody needs to start playing heels, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, RJ, we're gonna play. Uh, let's judge a book by its title this week. Okay, well, uh, in case somebody hasn't listened to the show because they hate America, <laughs> uh, how does how does this game work? Okay, so let's judge a book by its title is a game where I tell RJ the title of a book. He guesses what that book's going to be about, 
And then um, I tell them what it what it says on the website. Yes, and I'll be very good at this game because uh, the last book I read was in, oh, geez, I want to say it was in 2006. I'm going to say it was 2006, and I read Clifford the Big Red Dog <laughs> kicks his heroin addict. Kicks his heroin, heroin addict. Heroin <laughs> kicks his heroin habit. I like kicks his heroin addict because that's a real like, it's a real <laughs> hard look and it's a real uh, difficult read because you know Clifford's heroin addict keeps coming back and Clifford keeps giving him money trying to help him out and then the heroin addict keeps going back to heroin as they do because they're addicted and <laughs> Clifford has to you know cut him off and kick him you know but really hard <laughs> oh man clifford you got so dark i love it i can't wait until tarantino makes a movie about it all right well on that note let's get let's get fucking started okay well what do you have for me all right rj the first book i've got for you today is called dangerous ground okay uh dangerous ground is a book adaptation of a never-before-published screenplay Ooh. Uh, that was intended to be a vehicle for one Mr. Steven Seagal. <laughs> In this, Daddy Stevie... Wait, hold on. Daddy Stevie? Uh, yeah, I think that's what all real fans of real Mr. Fan? Mr. Seagal call him, Daddy Stevie. Okay. Daddy Stevie. Yes, in this uh, in this vehicle, Daddy Stevie is making RJ, his way. Hmm? Quit appropriating Stevie culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's really problematic. Anyway, so Daddy Stevie. Yes, Daddy Stevie is making his way across the steppes of Central Asia, uh, to, as you do, to find his way in his ultimate goal which is his now homeland of Mother Russia. Okay, yes. He did get accepted as a citizen, did he not? He is indeed. <laughs> and with that dual citizenship, it affords him a certain number of privileges that he did not have before. Okay. So now, in his newfound country of Russia, he is able to have a series on television that is another shitty reality show in which he arrests people <laughs> and and tells them uh, mystical Asian secrets oh, as he's cuffing them on the hood <laughs> of their 2004 Yugo. Oh, man. I remember that show. Not actually watching it, but seeing clips of it. I think that one was called Daddy Seagal Law Person. Daddy Seagal law person. That seems completely feasible. All right, so that's what you're uh, saying Dangerous Ground is about. Yes, it's 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 a struggle. It's one incredible, uh, in, uh, mystical, Chinese secret hero's <laughs> journey <laughs> to put aside his property brother's ways. Get off the sidelines of just watching reality TV <laughs> and participate. Oh, man. <laughs> OK, 
Okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry to say that uh, Dangerous Ground, there's no Daddy Daddy Seagal in it. Daddy Stevie, sorry. Why no not? Daddy Stevie what? in it. No, this is, it must be a similarly <laughs> titled book. Maybe it's mm. spelled a little bit differently. Like Dangerous Grounds is spelled like with a Z. I don't know. I think maybe the Seagal vehicle is spelled with a Z on the end. Well, maybe that's where the confusion comes in. Yeah. I could see I'm that. right. Just trust <laughs> trust that I know about what Daddy Stevie's up to these days, okay? I trust that you would know better than I. I get I get a fanzine every fanzine. Every other week. So <laughs> Is it like of photocopied pictures of Steven Seagal with like uh on pink paper that's all stapled together in the middle? Yeah, he makes them himself. <laughs> They're really good. Like it's actually got his head like photoshopped onto a much younger Steven Seagal's body. I would b- believe that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat. All right. Anyway, dangerous ground. The USS Memphis, a dilapidated submarine that should have been mothballed decades ago, has been given one last mission by the newly elected president. So in this world. Uh, are they worried about moths eating their submarines? <laughs> and if so, I assume. Otherwise, why would you mothball your submarines? <laughs> and there's a so- warehouse somewhere with just piles of submarines, mothballs all around them. Well, you know how it is. Like you get that one submarine that's in the bottom of your drawer, <laughs> and you keep meaning to put it back on, but like you pile the new clothes on top of it so you yeah, forget about yeah. it, and then before you know it, there's holes. In your submarine. So you got to stuff that submarine full of mothballs. Yeah. So in this world, though, how how sharp are the moth teeth? I imagine very sharp if they're getting through submarine skin. Several, several holes of skin. <laughs> the task. To sneak illegally into Russia's coastal waters and recon the leaking nuclear fuel containers hidden on the floor of the Arctic Ocean. Russia. <laughs> the Memphis's commander, Lowell Hardy, has been looking forward to a flag rank and a pleasant duty upon the sub's decommissioning. Played by Daddy, Daddy Stevie. Okay, okay. Daddy Stevie's playing Lowell Hardy. <laughs> Lowell? It's probably Lowell. I'm saying Lowell because <laughs> that's how I read it the first time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say that's probably Lowell, like the much beloved character from the show that took place in an airport. Sure. It's spelled. You know, friends. It's spelled Lowell. Um, So I'm going to say Lowell. (laughs) Lowell Hardy, played by Daddy Stevie. Mm -hmm. Now he is trapped in an inconceivably dangerous and illegal mission, which could easily end his career, if not his life, and the lives of his crew. But it's the crew who feel Hardy's tension as he tyrannizes everyone on board to ensure they'll be ready for anything. Dr. Joanna Patterson, the senior civilian scientist appointed by and reporting to the president. She is a world-class expert on nuclear fuel contamination and every bit as demanding as Hardy. Patterson and her partner, Dr. Emily Davis, soon find themselves battling flaring tempers Faulty machinery, lethal radioactivity, and the raging Arctic seas. Uh, how sexually attracted are these two to one another? This I don't is know. an important question. 
This is one of those rare books that I pick that has no info on how sexually attracted each person is to one another. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say very. I mean, she is described as her partner. Uh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Um, her business partner. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. It could be a, a straight up. Matter of fact, oh, yes, uh, button up. Uh, we have business to do and work to do. Uh, yeah. Or it could be like, oh, yeah. I get the feeling that this book was written when partner was the was the de rigueur euphemism for same sex couple. Hmm. That could be that could be the case. But I'm going to go ahead and say, since I know this is a Daddy Stevie book, <laughs> part of the Daddy Stevie universe, expanded universe, I'm going to say uh, old girl is played by whatever attractive starlet they could get for under like i don't know 20 grand uh-huh that and, sounds right yeah and uh she's going to be there just to be like 30 years younger than daddy stevie but yes. still somehow inexplicably attracted to him she's like i love how your hair looks like a fake shade of black <laughs> i love the way you slowly <laughs> plod towards your opponents <laughs> And then they throw punches very slowly at you as you break every limb in their arm. I love how you talk like you're just reading fortune cookies. <laughs> I, I love the way you pinned that guy to the hood of a 2004 Yugo. The Submariners, seething with rage at their Captain Bly-like commander and the equally domineering Joanna Patterson are at war also with one another. Like the captain, they feel they deserve better. Not this antiquated relic, nor this hostile scientist, nor this novice weapons officer that I cut out, nor the definitely not disastrous, dangerous mission. We shall fight them on the beaches. <laughs> we shall fight them on the Daddy Stevie novels. Yes. Um. Yeah, you got really into that. That was great. Uh <laughs> I will say this, though. Captain Bly, huh? Yeah, that's what they went with. Yeah, they went, they went with a deep literary cut there. <laughs> I take it this is supposed to be a very suspenseful novel. Like, you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, the tension. They're trying to earn their literary street cred up in here. <laughs> All right, well, that does it for Daddy Stevie. Let's go on to our next book, RJ. And that is Maverick versus Maverick. Okay. Maverick versus Maverick. Now, this one is a little bit different. Okay. In that, in this one, Daddy Stevie <laughs> isn't affiliated with any government. Oh? Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is also a Daddy Stevie novel. Oh, okay. Is he a sovereign citizen in this one? Uh, he is out to play by his own set of rules. That's code for sovereign citizen, right? Mm -hmm. He carries a copy over. of his constitution <laughs> in his front pocket. And he's like, I don't have to follow any laws because the constitution says so. Yeah. Um, I know how to read clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to follow the laws of gravity. And then he flies away. Anyway. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Daddy Stevie. Law of conservation of energy. What's that? And then he produces like a plume of red uh, fire from nowhere. Man. That is a wonderful image you've supplied me with. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, in this Daddy Stevie novel, he is uh, a lone wolf who plays 
by his own code of right. honor right. derived from the ancient mystics of Asia. Okay, so tell me how this is different from any of the other DCV properties you've been pitching me so far today. This one's a little bit different in that this time he's got some real competition. Okay. This one has opposite, starring opposite of him. Uh-huh. A young upstart. Uh-huh. By the name of Scott Atkins. Okay. <laughs> now, Scott Atkins in this one, he didn't feel like naming his character, so he just went with Scott Atkins. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this about Scott Atkins. Uh, he's, he can do uh, the flips. He can do the flips and split kicks. Uh-huh. And he's never been in a good movie ever. <laughs> That's the two things you need to know about Scott Atkins. Is that he's an incredible martial artist, and he's never been in a good movie ever. So they clash. Yes, so they clash. They're really button heads. They're two alpha males that just don't want uh, the other one to be able to do whatever he wants. Because uh -huh. if someone else can do what they want, and somebody else gets to live happily... And then that's uh, impinging on my freedoms. And that is impinging on my freedoms and my happiness. Yeah. Uh, so Daddy Stevie says, nuh-uh, <laughs> I ain't having it. <laughs> and so he does what Daddy Stevie does best. Uh-huh, and that is... Um... And he plods slowly <laughs> towards him, <laughs> deflects his split kicks with a slow but deliberate wave of the hand, <laughs> breaks his leg into 10,000 pieces, and then pins into the hood of a 2004 Yugo. Oh, surprise. Surprise ending. And then he says something like, looks like the courts made a split decision. You know, because of your split kick that didn't work. <laughs> RJ, I love that you've been really trying to work Daddy Stevie into all this. But unfortunately, he's not in this picture. Okay, uh, what's, slash book. What's the book really about? <laughs> Maverick versus Maverick is part of the Montana Mavericks series. Montana Mavericks, colon, the baby bonanza. <laughs> All's fair in love and court? Rust Creek Ramblins. Lindsay Dalton, daughter of our esteemed town attorney, is about to try her first case in the courtroom, and it's a doozy. It's David versus Goliath as Lindsay tests her medal against millionaire cowboy Walker Jones. <laughs> why, why are the cowboys always millionaires? Like, I think of cowboys as being uh, a little bit more of a blue collar job, but apparently I'm in the wrong line of work because <laughs> cowboys are all millionaires. That's what these books have taught me. With his looks, charm, and commanding presence... Walker Jones III seems like a man who just can't lose. However, his blue-eyed powers of persuasion apparently do not extend to our ex earnest Ms. Dalton. In fact, our sources suggest that the novice Rust Creek Falls lawyer might just be throwing Walker Jones off his game. Could this be mere legal maneuvering? The jury is still out. But with two stubborn hearts in denial, we at the Gazette are predicting an epic romantic showdown. <laughs> okay, so this whole book is written from the perspective of a news reporter? 
at least this uh, description of the book is written from the perspective of a news reporter. If the whole book is written in that perspective, my esteem of it is going to go up like a significant amount because that is an that is an angle I have not yet seen in any of these trashy romance books. <laughs> uh, Somebody just like creepily peeping on this budding relationship. Uh, the only thing I want to call out real quick is the uh, powers of blue eye persuasion, <laughs> which feels a little bit to me like the kind of persuasion that comes along with, oh, hey, how you doing, girl? Um. Let me tell you a little bit about the white genocide that's oh, going God. on. <laughs> Let me tell you how these cucks are ruining this country. Oh, man. No, I understand what you're saying there. but uh... <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's move on. And why don't you tell me what the title of the last book is? All right. Here's our last book. My Familiar Stranger. Okay. My Familiar Stranger is a book that is such an oxymoron <laughs> that the moment you open the book, it sucks itself into a black hole, alternate dimension, upside down like world. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're stuck there looking at empty hands where once sat a book. And you think to yourself, well, that wasn't a very enjoyable read. But nope. it sure was a good party trick. Then you go buy another copy. And then you host a little get-together with your friends. And guess what? You mind-freak the fuck out of them. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I want to mind-freak everybody. Well, you better get prepared. You better get yourself a copy of Familiar Stranger. because <laughs> And that's not all you need, though. You okay. need like 800 cross necklaces. Okay. You need all the black fingernail paint that you can possibly find. Okay. That's a lot. It's some. <laughs> My advice, uh, not Claire's. Not a Claire's. too much pink. Mm. They'll have a teeny bottle of black. That's a, a it's a start. It's like a, a start. sample size. We don't want to miss it. So I guess you should do a drive-by of Claire's if yeah. you're doing all the black fingernail polish. Do they, does it include black nail polish with inclusions like glitter? Mm. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I haven't checked up on the bylaws uh-huh. on mind freaking recently. Mind freaking bylaws. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what's what's the book really about, Rand? My familiar stranger, Knights of Black Swan, Book One. <laughs> In a matter of minutes, Elora Lakin lost everything familiar. She escaped death by being forced into an experiment that left her in another world where modern-day knights, elves, vampires, werewolves, witches, demons, and fae became her allies, friends, and family. And in the Black Swan books, there's (laughs) going to be a really awkward lesbian sex scene that shows a basic (laughs) misunderstanding of how lesbian sex works, apparently. Yeah, I believe that 100%. She discovered a place where adventure intersects fairy tales, where honor converges with ideals. And she learned that love can find you in the strangest place, when you're least expecting it, even when you're far, far from home. Now, I do want to touch on honor converging with ideals. And I want to ask, at what point uh, at this convergence does Daddy Stevie appear? Because if there's someone 
who is the avatar of Mayo of Japanese style in the Japanese tradition, Mayo. It is it is Daddy Stevie. I mean, I assume he's one of our fantastical beasts that were listed in exhaustively in the sentence previous to that. Um <laughs> I, I also wanted to, to point out about this one. Um, I didn't include them because this was a huge uh, entry when I first looked at it. I was like, dang, that's a lot. Uh, then I figured out that there were, in fact, 11 different quotes from different reviewing uh, services, venues, such as vampireromancebooks.com, <laughs> uh, which hey. I suggest you go take a look at because it's got a good header image. <laughs> they know their brand. I'll give them that. <laughs> Well, okay, RJ, that's the end of Let's Judge a Book by Its Title. Um, I think we ought to take another commercial break, don't you? Sure. I like products. Um, and if 29 episodes is any indication, and no one has complained about products yet, so yeah. I'm guessing y'all fuckers like products too. Ahoy there, landlubber. Welcome to Captain Randy's All-Fried Seafood Buffet. They call me a captain for no discernible reason. You come to our beach town every summer, and every summer, your family wants to eat seafood. We know you hate it. You're a real meat and potatoes type, and we know the only way that you can choke down the denizens of the deep is if it's covered in three inches of breading and fried extra crispy. Well, as the name implies, we here at Captain Randy's All Fried Seafood Buffet have got your back. Our buffet has fried fish fillets, fried shrimp, fried scallops, fried octopus, fried clams, fried oysters, and fried seaweed. We have a tray full of what we just call the crunchies. We're not sure there's anything in there other than more breading, but that's what you're here for, Eddie. Pair your fried seafood with your choices of fried french fries, shoestring, crinkle cut, sweet potato, garlic, seasoned, curly fries. Fried fries, the best kind of fries. For dessert, enjoy our fried ice cream, which is what we call a scoop of ice cream rolled in cornflakes. Captain Randy's All Fried Seafood Buffet, making seafood palatable to crabby white dads since 1984. Welcome back from that commercial break. Welcome back. So now that we're back, Ran, I think it's time for you to play one of my games. One of your games? Yeah, one of my devious, devious games. One of games. your mind games? Yeah. So I have just, you know, the standard old know your, oh, no, I don't. It's time for a new game. Oh, what? Yep. What? Yep. Yep. You don't make new games. Oh, I do this time. <laughs> this one, uh, Ran, is this game is going to be called. Quoth the Bard. Quoth the Bard. Okay. Quoth the Bard is a music theme game. Oh, okay. In which I am going to give you a lyric. I'm going to provide you with a blank. Uh-huh. And you will need to fill in the blank on fill that in the blank. lyric. Okay. All right. Now, much like Trivia Guesbert in the past, uh, you're going to get three tries. Okay. And each time you take a try, I'm going to give you a hint afterwards. Okay. Okay. And uh, if you get it on the very first guess, it's worth three points. Second guess, two points. Third guess, one point. If you don't get it, well, no guess points. what? You're bad at music. 
<laughs> I hope that I know any of these songs because that'll really help me out, I think. I think so. So do you have any questions about how this game works? No, it seems pretty uh, straightforward. Okay. Well, uh, first up in our inaugural episode uh, with Quoth the Bard. Yes. Quoth the Bard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first lyric I have for you is, turns out my baby loves to blank. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's an obvious fill-in. Turns out my baby, she liked to party. Going with party? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Party is incorrect. Okay. Uh, I will give you the first hint here and tell you that the word that you're looking for is a four-letter word. Uh Uh-huh. And it starts with the letter F. Okay, hold on. Uh. <laughs> and uh, to give you a quick recap, it is, turns out my baby loves to blank. Uh, well, I feel like I would uh, be letting the audience down if I didn't get, turns out my baby, she liked to fuck. <laughs> and that is where I have set you up. I figured it was. I'm sorry that is incorrect, but uh, I will give you a second hint and tell you that this is a Craig Campbell song. Craig Campbell is a modern-day country music superstar. Country music superstar, air quotes. Uh, I made Um, a lot of air quotes. I don't know this guy's name. I won't know this guy's name in like five years. Who cares? (laughs) Um so in recap here, it's a, it's a Craig Campbell country song. Uh, it, the lyric is, turns out my baby loves to blank. And it's a four-letter word starting with F. Fish. Turns out my baby, she liked to fish. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. Fucking A! Uh, yeah! Uh, to further go on in the lyrics here, it is... Turns out my baby loves to fish. She wants to do it all the time. Early in the morning, in the middle of the night. She's hooked, and now she can't get enough. Man, that girl sure loves to fish. Wow. Wow. That's a dumb fucking song. <laughs> do you love it? If, if, um, if fish was ever used as a euphemism for sex, I feel like it would be... A better song, a better joke of a song, but um, I never go like you know him. He just really loves to fish. Well, I feel like it's one of those songs where fish is sort of a misdirection, where uh, yeah. they'll set it up as turns a- out my baby she loved to fish like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that in the previous <laughs> rhyming line would have been say truck. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. in the back of my truck, it learn- turns out my baby, she likes to fish. <laughs> it's still stupid. Um. Aw. Okay, well, moving on in Quoth the Bard. Yeah, it's like, like Country Boy Campbell, whose name I already forget. Yep. Uh, I have another lyric here for you. All right. Shoot. And would you ever feel guilty? If you did the same to me, would you make me a cup of tea to open my eyes in the right way? And I know you love blank. Okay. Would you ever feel guilty if you did the same to me? 
Would you make me a cup of tea? Uh-huh. Okay. To make me look in the right way? How to open that? my eyes in the right way. And I know you love blank. Is it a tea made out of like mushrooms so that by open my eyes in the right way, you're talking about like, you know, straight tripping? <laughs> That's my guess. Okay. Um. All right. Give me the, the, the couple of words before the blank there. And I know you love blank. And I know you love carrot cake. Is I that your guess? Tea and cakes, yes. Oh, carrot okay. cake. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I will give you the following line of this. Uh, and I know you love blank because we've watched it 12 times. The Force Awakens. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. And I know you love The Force Awakens because we've watched it 12 times. <laughs> I'll have you know I've watched it 17 times now. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry that is incorrect. I will give you a hint and tell you this is an Ed Sheeran song. Okay. Uh, titled Wake Me Up. And uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, in case you were unaware, is uh, a millennial darling. A millennial uh, darling. Yes, from uh, what is he from? From Ireland, Scotland. Okay. He's uh, a bit a of real, a, like, a real, a real ginger, a real ginger sweetheart. Okay. A real poppy, poppy ginger sweetheart. Okay. And he wears a poppy too because he supports the military. <laughs> okay, so I that's right, know. England. That joke was for you. I know you love. Um, I know you love Titanic because we've watched it twelve times. <laughs> is that your guess? Yeah. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is, and I know you love Shrek because we've watched it twelve times. But maybe you're hoping for a fairy tale too. And if your DVD breaks. <laughs> Today, you should get a VCR, because I never owned a Blu-ray, true say. What? What? Are those real lyrics to a song? Is it supposed to be taken seriously? Those are real lyrics to a song that are meant to be taken seriously. No. Here's a clue, motherfuckers. Don't sing about fucking Shrek. (laughs) Shrek is only for internet people who want to be like, I'm so ironic. That's all. That's all Shrek is good for. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. Uh, I have uh, an, another quote the bard for you. If you're okay. in, if you're interested, we well, can let's stop do now. it. Let's fucking do it. Okay. Well, the next lyric I have for you here is, "Lucky that blank are small and humble." Okay. Lucky that. Lucky that blank are small and humble. Lucky my breasts are small and humble. That's that's how I think it goes. Is that your guess? <laughs> yes, that's my guess. Ding, ding, ding. You fucking got it right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I was being a fucking joke answer. Uh, that's this hilarious. Is, this is from the uh, breakout song for the artist Shakira. Really? Yes. Whenever, wherever. 
which was the first song I can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. I know. Uh, I know of that song. Yes, the lyric goes, "Lucky that my breasts are small and humble, <laughs> so you don't confuse them with mountains." Right, because that's the thing that you might do. Yeah, you might see somebody with Lucky breasts. That my breasts are small and humble. <laughs> that's my good Shakira <laughs> say, impression. Those fucking cocky ass breasts. Always out and about <coughs> stating their opinions so overtly. Maybe I knew that subconsciously. Maybe I picked up on the breast talk in whenever, wherever. Because I only think about the part where she's like, whatever, whatever, women's movies together. <laughs> well, I think when I think of you and Shakira lyrics, I think of exclusively uh, the song She Wolf. Yeah, because that one makes me laugh. Yeah, you love Pretty that one. Pretty fucking hard. Okay. She goes, oh, in it. So go listen to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and move on then to the next song. And uh, by the way, listeners, uh, if you're keeping score uh, at home and trying to keep up with this uh, musical expert that is Rayan. <laughs> if you didn't get it before she got it, you get exactly one point. Or sorry, you get exactly half a point. Okay. It's important. If you didn't get it before she got it, you get half a point. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's your pittance. I'll slide you half a point. That's all you get. And if you ask for extra helpings, guess you what? You step back to the back of the fucking line. Mm-hmm. Twist style. Okay, well, next up in Quoth the Bard, I have this lyric. My diamonds, they say blank. They say blank. My diamonds, they say blank. They say blank. Correct. And the the word is the same in both blanks. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. It's also the title of the song. I know diamonds are forever, but I don't know that that's what this song is referencing. You don't know what diamonds say? I don't know what diamonds say. I don't think that I've heard diamonds speak. But perhaps these diamonds are like engraved <laughs> or something. Who would engrave a diamond? That seems like a waste of fucking time. My diamonds, they say freedom. My diamonds, they say freedom. I like that guess. That feels very in keeping with uh, blood diamonds and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's wrong as hell, though. <laughs> wrong as hell. All right. Uh, I'll give you a hint and say that this is a Young Thug song. Um, Are you familiar with Young Thug? I know. I, I've heard of. I've heard his name bandied uh, about. Yeah, Young Thug <laughs> is a, a somewhat a modern rapper and yeah. very famous in the trap. Uh, field if you will is he the guy I'm, that did I'm a, lighting it up isn't he the guy that did an album and he was wearing like a purple dress on the cover uh, he did wear a dress on that and a coolie almost yeah uh, yeah and that album was called uh oh uh i'm wearing a dress on jeremy this no <laughs> okay i don't remember don't okay. tell me what young thug's real name is i don't remember okay so my diamonds. Uh, okay, and I'm also going to go ahead and, and, and be a real sport and give you the next line in the song, too. Thank you. My diamonds, they say blank. They say blank. I'm a boss. I walk through the club and just peek at you. 
All right, creeper. Um, my diamonds. They say, "Look at me." They say, "Look at me." I'm a boss. I just walk through the club, and I peek at you. Correct. Really? Well, uh, no, no, no. That I mean, well, was that your guess? I'm sorry. Yeah, my guess is, "Look at me." Oh, uh, no, no. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> sorry. But well, then, why'd you say correct? Uh, I I thought you were confirming the lyric. <laughs> I guessed in the middle there. Oh, that was your actual guess. Yeah, look at me. Uh, I think that's the sentiment. You're probably not wrong, and that's that's the sentiment of the song. Okay, okay. For sure. Uh, but I will give you an additional hint and tell you that the lyric that you're looking for uh, shares its name with a popular variety of Pokemon. My diamonds, they say what? blank. They say blank. I'm a boss. I walk through the club and just peek at you. Oh, it says Pikachu. <laughs> My, My diamonds, diamonds they, they say, say Pikachu. Pikachu. They say Pikachu. <laughs> what? I'm a boss. I walk through the club and just peek Okay, at wait you. a second. Wait My a diamonds, second. Wait a second. They just say Pikachu. Hold they go wink at you. No, they aren't. No. This is a dumb lyric. I'm sorry, young thug. I know people like that you had a dress on. But, um, <laughs> nah. I don't like it. Don't like Pikachu. Wh- why not? Are you not a fan of electric types, you <laughs> fucking poke racist? No, I like electric types just fine. Thank you very much. I just think that Pikachu. Are his diamonds shaped like Pikachu's? Were they shaped to be Pikachu's? Then we'll fucking talk. <laughs> well, I think uh, it has more to do with the fact that Pika in Japanese comes from uh, spark or sparkle. Uh-huh. Uh, that has to do with, you know, shining or sparkling. Or perhaps it has to do with the fact that Pikachus are yellow and maybe these are yellow diamonds. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure of his meaning. I'm just I'm just surmising from my knowledge of both yellow diamonds and of Pikachu's. I know that your knowledge of yellow diamonds in specific is extensive. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to Jared <laughs> to make sure that you will fuck me. <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's let's move on. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, the last round here in "Quoth the Bard" inaugural yeah. edition. I have here for you the lyric. Are you a firm believer in blank? Feminism. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. (laughs) What? Yes, I will tell you uh, as a hint here that the song in question uh, involves hot lava, it involves pelicans, it involves rainbows. What? All in the same song. It that's involves, a lot of um it involves Frisco Bay. That's a lot of shit going on there. Um it involves children looking just like you. I don't know this song. I believe in DNA. That's why the children look just like me. I'm sorry, that is also <laughs> that is also unfortunately incorrect. Um I will give you an additional hint and tell you that this is a song that raises the question of our age, and that is that magnets, how do they work? Oh, it's that song, huh? This is that that insane clown posse song. 
It yes. is. But can you complete the lyric? In I which, believe in miracles. Are you a firm believer in miracles? You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> are you a firm believer in miracles? The lyric goes, music is all magic. Are no. you a firm believer in miracles? Nope. You can't even hold it. Do you notice and recognize miracles? <laughs> this feels like a translation of something that you ran through fucking Google, like, translate. Are you a firm believer in musicals? Do you uh, recognize <laughs> music? <laughs> Do you recognize musicals? No. Get out, Lin-Manuel Miranda. We don't recognize your currency here. You can go uptown. I'm going to warn you right now. It's quiet there. Oh. oh, Here's the thing, though. Just in case. Magnets are not made of magic. All right, y'all? It's science. Is what they're made out of. <laughs> Okay, so uh, with the first edition here of Quotes the Bard, uh, you've scored uh, six points, which is pretty wow. pretty decent showing. Good for me, Billy. So if you have uh, managed to uh, overcome Rand's uh, <laughs> score here, that means that I guess you win the Grammy. Yeah, just put hashtag Grammys <laughs> in your hashtag in your hashtag field. That's a thing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think we're going to go ahead and take one last commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we've got some things to go out on and stick around because they are good ones. Are you trying to grow your business? Not sure how to get the word out? Well, that's where we come in at Government Mandated Podcast. Government Mandated Podcast is a podcast made possible by an order from the federal government and also incredible sponsorship. Contact our proprietors for an opportunity at a one-minute spot that will grow your business overnight. Just listen to this completely real testimonial from one of our satisfied customers. Hey, it's me! Rick Chainsaw Murphy, here to tell you about the exciting new things at the Barkin' Park. Oh, oh no, I'm supposed to be talking about something else? Okay, well, I'll tell you about how much the Barkin' Park's grown ever since I got on board with government-mandated podcasts. Ever since I started advertising using government-mandated podcasts, I've got more clients than you could shake a stick at. But then I shake the stick anyway. Then I throw that stick, and they bring the stick back to me. See, my clients are dogs, get it? Anyway, <laughs> you should use government-mandated podcasts to advertise your business. So contact us today. Go out into the world. Shout. Government-mandated podcast, come here. So contact your member of the local government-mandated podcast street crew for your opportunity to advertise your completely real products today. Hey, welcome back from that final commercial break. Not the final one ever, but the final one this episode. Oh, what? where are we, Ran? This is a, oh. weird, <laughs> this is a weird realm that we're in right now. I forgot. I'm supposed to sing a song.
<clears throat> Welcome to the end of the show. Part of the show. That was pretty good improvise. I made up that melody on the fly because I didn't want to do the one I always do. <laughs> and even though I started doing it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're here. Finally. I, I, I'm free of the void. And now we're at the end of the show, part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Forgot I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally was just like, oh, let's finish this podcast. <laughs> Forgot my established bits. Sorry, listening public. I am a failure to you all. I'll go jump off a cliff now. Don't do that. <laughs> Mostly because uh, I, I, I didn't mean to tell you this. Uh-huh. But I better tell you now before you do something irreversible, <laughs> which is you are not an evolved velociraptor. You're not a bird. What? You can't fly. What? What? Yep, you're a regular Velociraptor. You can glide <laughs> at best glide. <laughs> you do still have lovely feathers, though. Thank you. Preen, preen, preen. Preen, preen, preen. <laughs> okay, well, um, RJ, what do you want to go out on this week? Well, uh, I, I wanted to go out on a couple of things first before I go ahead and thank the listeners uh-uh. um which is first off i wanted to apologize if i sound a little bit funny this week i've kind of been getting over a pretty bad cold so i apologize if i don't have my normal incredibly dulcet seductive tones <laughs> i know that's not accurate uh also uh this week uh we had the new game quote the bard uh you may have noticed uh, a real uh, overwhelming amount of pop and rap songs. <laughs> this isn't from any kind of bias uh, from yours truly. Uh, anyone who's listened to the program knows that I'm a big fan of uh, heavy music. I know heavy music has its fair share of terrible, <laughs> awful, ridiculous lyrics. Uh-huh. And you believe just thought me, I might know them. And believe me, no, no. Uh, <laughs> well, you might too. I listen to a fair amount of terrible music, um, but uh, more to the point, uh, that will be addressed in a later installment Ooh. of uh, that segment, uh, assuming people liked it enough for me to bring it back. Quote the Bard, all Dio edition. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm aware of it. It's just in my uh, cursory research to get the game put together. Uh those were the things that stuck out to me the most, were the uh, uh, rap and pop songs. Okay. But yeah, okay, well, enough of me apologizing for being me. I think I want to go ahead and thank you for being you. Hey, thanks, y'all. Yeah, and I want to thank you for just being you. Good job at work this week, and if you don't work, good job, you know, just being you. Good job taking care of your kids if you got kids. Good job making it through another week and, uh, you know, maintaining a positive attitude in an otherwise bleak world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Good luck, uh, you know, going to school, doing that school shit, taking tests. You shouldn't listen to this if you're a baby, though, because we swear a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to accidentally program you to where 
when you're a, a, a full age, you are saying all kinds of just terrible things yeah. like, I don't know, hashtag I'm with war. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do want to thank listeners for just, you know, doing their thing. But I also want to thank those most treasured of listeners, those who are part of the GMP street crew. You know, the GMP Illuminati. Uh, anyone who's taken the time to spread the word about the show, we are, uh, like I said earlier in the show, we're only on episode 29, which uh, may not seem like a lot, but uh, we've been consistent. We've been putting it out and we're trying to grow this thing. And uh, so anybody who's taken the time to tell somebody about the show or rate and review us on iTunes uh, or just put leaflets out in the community, mm-hmm. perhaps published a zine. Yeah. Zines are back, right? I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Everything 90s is is new again. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we we've, don't. We've watched Tre- Shrek 12 times, Ryan. <laughs> you know this. Um, yeah, we don't. We don't buy, buy any advertising for this because I don't want to spend money on this in any way, shape or form. So really, you telling other humans about us is the only way that we're going to grow. Yeah, so it's it's greatly appreciated, and whenever you tell somebody about us, uh, let them know. We are on iTunes, we are on Google Play, we are on Stitcher. You can download us straight from our website, which, I don't know, we might address later in the show here in a moment. And, of course, when you let somebody know, maybe also let them know, give us a five-star rate and review. Mm-hmm. Tell them to say something like, I don't know, you guys funny, me likey. That would work. You don't have to get fucking eloquent up in there. No, you don't have to spell one word correctly. You can no. just write five stars, W-X-Y-Z. <laughs> Good enough for me. Yeah, that'll work. Um, so. But, Ran, uh, I did want to ask, what did you want to go out on this week? Well, if you want to go to our website. What? This is a surprise. <laughs> we are at www.govmanpod.com. All of our episodes are located there for you to download. You can make your own little store pile on your computer in case the whole internet crashes down and you've only got what's on your hard drive. Yeah, and so if you've got two things on your hard drive, you're going to want to have two things. That One is every backlogged episode of Government Mandated Podcast. Yep. Two, you're going to want to have your Amazon wish list so that everybody <laughs> knows... Exactly what kinds of specialty ramen you've been wanting. You can't just get that creamy chicken everywhere. That's true. Uh, If you want to buy a a Christmas present for RJ, can I recommend specialty ramens from Amazon? Um, (laughs) Or hit me up. Give me that new Red Fang album. I haven't downloaded yet, but boy, howdy, am I excited to listen to it. Um. We, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash GovmanPod. You can find us on Twitter at GovmanPod. We are each individually on Twitter. I'm there at R-A-E underscore gun. And I'm at Upscale Hobo. As you go out into the world this week, I want you to think about if you're an American citizen, as you perform your civic duty, that we desperately, desperately need you to go out there and do. Please, oh God. Go out there and perform your civic duty. Yes. As you are performing that civic duty, as you are writing in government-mandated podcasts, 
for any elections that involve, I don't know, local comptrollers. Mm-hmm. Dog catcher, yes. Any of those. Any of those really low-ranking positions. As you're writing us in on those, uh, as you're reading your uh, Daddy Stevie novels <laughs> based on <laughs> film adaptations. The, film ad- uh, uh, the novelization of Under Siege. Um. <laughs> as you are reading it and you are sitting on the edge of your seat as Daddy Stevie plods slowly <laughs> towards his opponent. <laughs> And then shatters their entire body <laughs> with one very slow movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I think it would read. Also, it'd be like, that girl jumped out of the cake, and then he had his hands at her real creepy-like. <laughs> I've seen Under Siege. <laughs> Hooray! Um, so as you're doing that this week, I want you to do, to just remember one thing, and that is that Big Brother is watching you vote. And he thinks you're a patriot. Because of you, I always put my hands where your eyes can see.